Hello, and welcome to Covered Credits, the bi-weekly podcast where we discuss books and their movie adaptations. I'm Ian George. And I'm Adina Hilton. In this episode, we'll be discussing Me Before You. Me Before You was written by Jojo Moyes and published in 2012. And the film adaptation was directed by Thea Sherrick and came out in 2016. And also the screenplay was by the author. I hope I'm saying her name right. Jojo Moyes? Moyes. Moyes? Yeah, I'm not sure. This is a, an The Jojo interesting... part you got right, though. I'm, I'm fairly certain. Okay. <laughs> Unless one of the J's is silent. It could be Ho-Ho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're excited about this episode. Yes. Because it deals with topics that I don't believe we've really gotten to discuss before in any other episodes. Yeah. Namely, uh, characters with disabilities mm-hmm. and their representation And we're really excited to delve into those issues, those discussion points. But we also want to say right off the bat that we are, for the most part, very unfamiliar in this territory. Yes. With uh, the disabled community, uh, with mostly in terms of terminology and uh, relating to just disabilities in general and Mm -hmm. quadriplegics specifically. Uh, We did try to do our research uh, we try to look up what the proper terminology is, which we'll try our best to use. Yeah. But if we do make any slip ups, any mistakes or inaccuracies, we apologize in advance. Yes. We, and we'll be saying disabled and disabled community. Yeah. Yeah. yeah throughout the episode. Um, we're also really want to make sure we're highlighting voices that can speak from a more experienced perspective on this issue. Yes. So we're going to link a few different articles, some videos, um, blogs, and websites from folks who are disabled and have actually spoken about this book or this movie from their um, unique perspective. And that's really what we want to hear. Yeah. So all of that will be on our uh, patron, our Patreon. Mm -hmm. And... We'll probably like be just summarizing a lot of what we've read as we yeah. discuss, like mm-hmm. maybe not quoting directly as much. But definitely check that out. Yeah, for sure. We're going to have we, we did a lot of research. There's a lot of articles out there about this book specifically. Yeah. And we'll definitely be getting into it. Yes. Also want to mention that this episode was requested by a listener. Uh, our listener's name is Marion, and she lives in France Yeah, and listens to our podcast all the way across the ocean and asked us to do this episode. Um, and I think she really liked this episode because of the issues and topics that are brought up that this, you don't often see. This adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You said episode. Oh. We don't know if she'll like the episode yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. She likes um, the, the book and movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I say that because... Uh, We may have differing opinions from her and we hope that regardless that she does like the episode. Yes. And as always, we say this sometimes, but probably not often enough. Just because we have different opinions about a book or movie doesn't like mean anything. Absolutely. We don't have the authority. No. We're not like giving these books and movies like a grade and then that's it forever. Aside from which is better, the book or the movie, which we are the absolute authority oh, yes. <laughs> in, unquestionably, and there is never to be any second guessing. To be honest, sometimes when I think back to episodes, I'm like, wait, which one did I like better? I do. <laughs> I do the exact same thing. I'm like, wait, and I think about it for a while. Yeah, so that's how much it really matters, and it's super important, but also not really. But all final rulings are final, so <laughs> there are no refunds. <laughs> 
All right. So, yeah, let's get into the episode. Yes. We start off in a small English community. This movie and book both take place in England. Yes. And it's a a castle town, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Like the whole town kind of like is all about the castle. And the tourist injury. Injury. Injury? (laughs) All the tourists that fall off the castle. (laughs) The tourist industry. (laughs) Yeah, so like the, it's kind of a seasonal thing when the tourists come and uh, then the quiet parts like during the winter and fall and stuff. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's kind of a big part of of the town. Yes. Our main character's name is Louisa, but she goes by Lou. Mm -hmm. So we'll pretty much call her that most of the time. And she works in a coffee shop, a cafe called the Buttered Bun. The Buttered Bun. Does it which get is great. any more quaint? I love that name, actually. I know. I actually, <laughs> I, I, I like that a lot. Yeah. We find out, we get a little bit of the perspective of it from the book in terms of she re- it's the job she's had for quite a while. She really likes it. She gets paid fairly well and knows the owner pretty well. Yeah. The movie gives us about... 15 seconds in the buttered bun in the buttered bun <laughs> before it's closed up. Yeah. And she becomes uh redundant as they say yes, in, in England, England, which I kind of love, but it's yeah. super weird. Yeah, the whole shop closes down. So it's not really Louisa getting fired. It's no. more like the whole business getting fired. Um <laughs> <laughs> the town's like you're fired. <laughs> Get out. Um so she's like 26, 27 or something and is now without a job and she still lives at home and in her house lives her mom and her dad herself Mm -hmm. her sister her sister's son who's like her sister is younger than her and she got pregnant in school had to drop out and now they both live with them and then also her grandfather who can't live on his own and needs like assistance and Lou's mom is basically her grandfather's like full-time caregiver yeah does he have dementia or early on yeah i think so okay yeah that's what i was they might have said that i kind of forgot but Mm -hmm. so it's a very packed house yeah and you get the feeling that her family's very important to her and she is doing a lot to provide another income yeah for the household so like her job was very important to her so losing it was pretty devastating Mm -hmm. and in the movie her dad is currently unemployed yeah and in the book he his job is kind of in limbo where he's worried about being fired as yeah. well or sacked, mm-hmm. I should say. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually he does get fired. Yeah. In the book as well. So their their whole financial situation is very uh, turbulent and mm-hmm. up in the air. So it kind of is a strong motivating factor for her to find a new job. Yeah. Lou also has a boyfriend, Patrick, mm-hmm. who is played by Neville Longbottom. I, when you said that, I was like, oh my God, it is. I know. I feel like they were like, remember how he got like way more attractive at the end of Harry Potter? Now he's like a fitness junkie. Yeah. He's like running all the time. He's super focused on that. Yeah. It's really funny though, because the book really paints this as a negative Yeah, in terms of He's like so dedicated to his exercises yeah. that they don't have sex a lot. And I'm like, that's like the opposite. Yeah. Usually when you're healthy and in shape, you're like more sexually active. Yeah. And she like describes his muscles like negatively, like, oh, he's all <laughs> hard now. 
And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like his obsession with it. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I'm, um, not, I'm not saying it's like definitely a positive thing, but she was trying to make it negative. Yeah. And it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. It doesn't seem like they have a lot in common. No. Especially now with all the running. Uh, Cause Louisa is not super into fitness at all. No, she's not. Yeah. <laughs> I, there was one scene I really loved where he's running. They're having like a serious discussion. Yeah. And he's running and she is struggling to keep up on her bike. Oh, yeah. And that was more in the movie, but I really liked the way that scene played out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? The town, her. And so Lou is is eccentric and quirky. Yes. In terms of she has a very loud sense of style. Mm hmm. Bright colors and patterns, odd clothing choices. Yeah. But also, she's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to know how this balances, in yeah, my opinion. I agree. It's. I think it's very difficult to make a character like this that is has, like, potential. Yeah. But it's sort of, like, dormant. Um. And you don't really understand why Lou is the way she is for most of the book. Yeah. And most of the movie as well, because and especially in the book, they talk about Lou like just liking her ordinary life and not really wanting anything else and being happy. And we're not sure if we're meant to believe that she truly is happy. Yeah. Or if she's like deluding herself or not. Because that is part of something I struggled with reading the book specifically and in the movie is you can be content living that life. Yes. And there's a lot of counterpoints to the way she lives and that she's not living to her potential and she should be jumping off cliffs and and skydiving. And it's like, you don't have to do this. Not everybody likes that. No. Or that's not going to make everyone happy. And I agree. Like, I mean, probably living at home is not super great and ideal. And like, obviously her and her boyfriend are not getting on very well. Yeah. So I think that's supposed to clue us in that she's kind of deluding herself a bit. I'd say her relationship with Patrick is the biggest signifier that she is kind of living in limbo. Yeah. Where she's kind of settled down with this guy who she doesn't really seem super interested in. But she's like, well, that's the way life is. Yeah, like I think that's settling. Yeah, I think that's the biggest clue in yeah. that she settled and maybe would want more mm-hmm. out of her life. But in other ways, like her job and stuff, and her family, and living in the town, it's like people can want those things. Yeah, so. yeah. But essentially, she's very quirky, but also totally normal and relatable. Yes, and it's kind of the best of both worlds kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So she's looking for a job. Yes. She needs a new job pretty much immediately. She can't do anything. (laughs) She's very bad at most things and committing to most things. Mm -hmm. And I tried not to be too judgmental reading about it. I'm like, I know jobs are hard and like, but also she like really needs one. Like her family really needs one. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not sure you can afford to be too. Picky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know. So, yeah, she eventually so she tries a bunch of jobs that don't work out. But eventually she hears of a position where she's going to be like a carer to someone with a disability. And the position is very clear that she's not going to be a nurse. Yeah. She doesn't need to be trained 
to provide this type of care that's mostly like a companionship type thing. Mm-hmm. And so she is actually qualified for the job. She goes and interviews for it and much to her own surprise, gets the job. Yeah. She's interviewed by uh, the person with a the disability, their mother, yeah. which surprises her. She assumed it was like her husband who someone who's older. Yeah. So she's surprised to hear it's someone who's younger mm-hmm. uh, with a disability. And this is a lot. This ties into a lot of um, m- misunderstandings or assumptions that are made. Oh, yeah. About someone with disabilities uh, that. Louis, Lou has a lot and her family has a lot of. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of like the first one is she assumes it's someone who's older and it's not. Yeah. So. Yeah. And another thing about. So we find out that the disabled um, person that she is going to help in her job, his name is Will. And his family is kind of like the big name in the town. Yeah. They own the castle. Yeah. Which we don't find out about. Or like f- manage it or something. Yeah. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. I don't know anything about castles yeah. or their ownerships. Yeah, and how that so, works. Yeah, but they it, at least oversee like the. I think a lot of the tourism and yeah. things like that. And they're very rich and wealthy. And Will's parents are very like uppity, high class. And I did. I have heard like in some reviews, and some people have pointed out in this book that like class is kind of more of a thing in. England than here. Yeah. Which makes sense. Anyway, Will's family is able to provide for him. He, you know, Will is a quadriplegic. So they have converted the stables to a basically his own apartment that is completely accessible and that he can use. And so Louisa ends up accepting the job and meets Will. And Will is not excited about Lou. No. He is just immediately uh, frustrated. Like, he, he just is, is ignoring her. Yeah. He just kind of doesn't want anything to do with her. She's just another person, another kind of staff member. And you just get the feeling that... He doesn't want her there. No, exactly. And she is immediately, like, really put off by this and frustrated by this and doesn't know how to handle it at mm-hmm. the beginning. Trying to, like... Because she's basically hired to, like... Sit there. Yeah, and keep him company, mm-hmm. and he's just like, fuck off, I don't want yeah. you around. So that is challenging. <laughs> yeah, and she's told to, like, keep an eye on him mm-hmm. in, like, a weird way. Don't leave him like, alone too long. Okay. Yeah. And it's, like, a very rough few weeks for Lou, because she's like, this job sucks, and I want to quit, but I need the money, this whole thing. And then it starts to, it starts to get better when she basically goes off on Will. Yeah. And is like, stop being a dick. And he's <laughs> like, what? No one's called me a dick before. And she's like, I need this money so you don't have to be a huge asshole about it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the first time that he's like, I mean, been talked to in a way that feels maybe normal yeah. to him. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't get out of his house at all. He's kind of a shut-in ever since uh, his accident. And, you know, Lou has trouble hiding her feelings and not saying things on her mind. Yeah. Which ends up being her greatest asset in terms of connecting with Will. Yeah. And so after that. Because he knows she's sincere. Yeah. And he sees that she's, like, really trying. And he is maybe like, okay, I'll I'll let up on her a Mm -hmm. little bit. And after that, we see them start to connect a little bit more. Yeah. 
And and I agree. I do like their their connection, their back and forth. Like he is kind of a dick sometimes, but she can yeah. also dish it out back to him. Yeah. And so it f- doesn't feel like he's solely just being like abusive and mean to her yeah. in any way. Yeah, so. they have banter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should we talk about Will's disability? Yes. So this is kind of one of the first points that I w- wanted to touch on. And it specifically is in regards to his disability, how it's depicted in the story, and the lack of specificity regarding it. Mm-hmm. And I say this because as two people who don't know a lot about quadriplegics, yeah, uh, we naturally have a lot of questions. And the story does set up a lot of ignorance yes. on Lou's part and mm-hmm. her family's part, but then doesn't do a whole lot to clarify that. So one thing in particular that I was uncertain about or curious about, early on, her parents keep making the comments about her first of all she's like i don't want to wipe butts yeah i don't want to go i don't want to like oh you're better than that yeah i don't want to do this job and wipe someone's butt i just can't do that and also the parents are like making jokes about it and like a lot of it revolves around wiping butts and i was very curious about this because i don't know this for a fact well we know that will has a catheter Yes, we know Will has a catheter, Mm -hmm. which makes sense. And I assume he would have a type of colostomy bag. Yeah. So they don't have to, like, move him onto a toilet every time he needs to use the bathroom. Yeah. It would just go into a bag, Mm -hmm. like the catheter. Yeah. But the story never clarifies any of this. No, it doesn't talk about it. And and maybe he doesn't have that setup. I'm not entirely sure what the setup would be otherwise. Yeah. But... Um, but if he can't, you know, pee yeah, without, you know, having some kind of apparatus, the catheter, that's the system, then it would make sense that he would need that type of help for pooping as well. Yeah. And you have some experience with that. I do. I had a colostomy bag for like a year and a half in college because I yeah. had my colon removed. And so this was something that stuck out in my mind is like, I bet that's what he has as well. Yeah. But we never get clarification on that mm-hmm. and especially for how much was made of that in the beginning yeah i thought this was going to be a subversion mm-hmm. where she's like i don't want to wipe butts and he's like well you don't have to yeah you know yeah <laughs> and kind of like putting a pin in that mm-hmm. but that never comes up yeah uh, another thing that just irked me or i kept wondering about was he has a motorized wheelchair obviously yeah and but there's constantly references to people guiding his wheelchair and pushing it yeah and i'm like i don't think you would do that to an electric wheelchair how does that work like ever like it's gonna be really heavy Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really make a lot of sense that people would be pushing it like he can move it himself yeah but that's referred to a lot in the story people guiding his wheelchair around and i'm like what what's the situation with that yeah and there are some things that are explained the the book talks about and the movie briefly mentions like you know, with a quadriplegic, like it's very hard for them to regulate their temperature and yeah. sometimes sweating, you know, is an issue and they can get like bugs very quickly. So some things are discussed, but I agree with you. Other things are left very vague. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, you know, that disabled thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not really gone into a lot of detail about 
what Will is feeling. And I think it hurts it too, because it's not from Will's perspective. Yes. So absolutely. we have no idea. And the things that we're hearing and understanding about Will are all coming from Louisa. And so like, and he's very closed off. Like he doesn't share a lot about how he feels and what he's going through. Yeah. So we don't get a lot of his experience as a disabled quadriplegic person. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, all these, like, lack of, like, specific details kind of just, it felt to me like maybe parts of this weren't researched, Mm -hmm. which is a problem because something, when you're talking about something so specific and is a huge part of a lot of people's lives, having a disability, then, like, let's get specific. Like, now's the time. Mm -hmm. If you're telling a story about someone with a disability who's a quadriplegic, let's talk about, do they have a colostomy bag? Yeah. What's their day-to-day life like, you know? Yeah, things like that, that, you know, like her parents, a lot of people are probably ignorant of these details. Yeah. So let's... Shine a light on it. Shine a light on it, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, this was that chance, and I just don't think it went far enough with that. I agree. And also, um, in regards to the movie, we do have, you know, someone who is not disabled portraying a disabled person oh yeah which um that it's sam uh claffin i think is his name he starred in the hunger games um and he's decent in the movie and there is a scene at the beginning of the movie which relates to a scene at the beginning of the book where it shows will before his accident where he you know is walking around he's crossing the street he's like a fancy businessman (laughs) and gets hit by a motorcycle And this causes his spinal injury. But, and this has been brought up in other movies about disabled folks. Yeah. Casting people who are not disabled. Absolutely. And I, it really baffles me that Hollywood has still not learned this lesson because if this movie had cast someone who was a true quadriplegic. Yeah. Then that would have given it so much. Oh, depth. Like depth and like people would be talking about it and yeah. people would be like much more excited about it. And they're like, yeah, there's a lot of problems with the story, yeah. but at least they're doing this. Yeah. And it would have given it a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. And instead, like it's just always in the back of my mind. As you're watching it. Especially with this story, which focuses so much on his disability, mm-hmm. like watching someone without a disability in a wheelchair who is i swear to god it looks like he just got out of the gym yesterday yeah like his muscle definition i know is still ridiculous there's a lot of scenes with his shirt off and you know he doesn't look like you would expect someone to look you know what i mean and he he just looks like like he was you know he just sat down the gym yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and like if you can't move muscle definition goes quickly oh and like he does physical therapy but that's not enough to like replace that he has minimal movement in one arm and that's it and that is not enough to keep any kind of muscle tone yeah so the fact that he just looks like so solidly built Mm -hmm. is absurd for one yeah but then on top of it when he's in a scene and he's like you don't understand what it's like to be disabled like it's the worst thing that's ever happened to me because i can't walk anymore and i don't and just like watching someone yeah who you know isn't disabled giving that speech just kind of like is constantly nagging me. I know. It just feels so off and it feels so insincere and just like, and 
you know, I'm sure actors, when they get these roles, their intentions are the best. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm sure he's like, I want to shine a light on this community, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But when you're watching it, it just, I don't know. There's so many issues with it. Yeah. And I mean, Eddie Redmayne just did uh, Stephen Hawking. Yes. In The Theory of Everything. And that's another example of this where it is. You're like, uh. And it's also frustrating because then these actors usually, not in this case, because I think there's a lot of backlash, but like with Eddie Redmayne, he got showered with like yeah, critical he got a praise. Fucking Oscar for Yeah. It. And they're like, congratulations on You're so brave. Yeah, on capturing the physicality of something that people live with every day. Yeah. And then he stands up at a, a podium and it like accepts his Oscar. It's the same thing to have, you know, non LGBTQ folks playing yeah. these characters as well. Yeah. You know, they get celebrated for a brave role and where they, you know, it's like yeah, it's it's and it would be less frustrating if I get some roles like in the theory of everything. A lot of that movie is his like gradual decline. Yeah, but like that would maybe be more palatable played by an actor without a disability. If movies like this where the, there's no reason not to cast someone yeah. with a disability, if these movies used that to cast those actors. I agree. So it would be like. You know, in an ideal world, actors can kind of like have the freedom to play different roles. Yeah. But ultimately, you need people who are still disabled, people in the LGBTQ community, like minorities. Like you still need a wide variety of actors. Representation. Exactly. Yeah. So that's uh, that's that's, a little bit of that. That's that. (laughs) We could talk about this forever, honestly. Yeah. And this is not the only example of this happening. So I no. don't want you to think we're like only talking about this. This happens in a lot of movies. Most movies, a huge number of movies with actors uh, playing a character in a wheelchair. Yeah. Who aren't disabled in any way. So. Yeah. Anyway, around around this time (laughs) when Lou and Will are finally becoming like friends and they're getting along and starting to like each other, Lou finds out because she overhears a conversation that's happening with Will's family that Will wants to kill himself. Yes. And she also finds out that he has tried once in the past to kill himself unsuccessfully. And now he wants to go to Switzerland Mm -hmm. to, which is, this is a place that I had never heard of before this. Yeah. But it's, what's it called? Dignitas? Dignitas or Dignitas. Yeah. Uh, A place where they uh, provide assisted suicide. Yeah. So he has gotten his mother to agree to this. Yeah. For six months of his time. Mm -hmm. So he's agreed to wait six months and then they'll take him to Switzerland to uh, let him die. Exactly. So this is shocking news to Lou. She's very upset about this. And suddenly she doesn't want anything to do with the job because mm-hmm. she started to like will enough that she's like, I don't want to see him die. Or I don't want to like, be part of this. Yeah, exactly. And in the book, there's a whole conversation she has with the mom relating to this. Yeah. And I think in the movie, they just cut to a conversation with her and her sister, Trina, mm-hmm. about it. And after discussing it for a bit. Trina kind of gives her the idea that, like, well, you have the advantage of you're someone he likes who's in his life. Yeah. And maybe you could get him to do things. And not only that, but maybe if you get him to have experiences again, he might change his mind. Yeah. Show him everything that he can still do and show him that life is worth living, basically. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's what Lou decides to do. She's going to make a bucket list or in the book, as they call it, a reverse bucket list. Yes. And I don't know how it's reversed, though. Well, it's getting him to not die. I mean, you're still trying to do things before you die, right? Well, but the, the goal in the book is that, like, he won't kill himself. That's true. If the things are good enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thus the reversal, I, I guess. guess. Yeah. It should be called, like, an upside-down bucket list or yeah. something. <laughs> but, so, this is her plan. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm going to go to the library, get on the internet for the first time. Oh, my God. <laughs> and put a list together. For some reason, in this book, which takes place in either like two, like a 2009. 2009, yeah, I believe. Lou has never used a computer. Not once. She's like, I don't understand the internet. What is this place? She goes to the library and she's like, I don't know. And then she like starts using the computer. Give give me one of those plastic books with buttons on it. Yeah. She starts using the computer and she's like, wow, it's so easy. Oh my gosh, I can find out anything on here. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) I'm like, how quaint is England? Yeah. In the movie, she literally has like a MacBook. Yeah. So she's fine. I'm like, you live by a castle, not in one. Yeah. (laughs) So she starts researching and putting together a list of things they can do. And first on the list is to take him to the racetrack. Yes. As everyone in England does. I don't know. (laughs) That's a pure speculation. (laughs) They go to the races. Lou convinces Will that she's got money on a horse and they got to go. Yep. So they go. They bring um, Will's actual nurse, Nathan, with them. Um, He's just kind of generic, nice person. Uh, I like Nathan. He's just like a reliable guy. (laughs) Yeah. He's just like, hey. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) I got this. Yeah. (laughs) So they go to the racetrack and this was the single most frustrating thing I think I've ever read in a book. Yes. But I think it was handled really well. I actually really like this scene. I liked it the most at the end, which we'll get to. Yeah. But so they get to the racetrack and the first thing they do is park in the grass. Yeah. And they're like, it's muddy. Mm-hmm. We can't get the wheelchair. Get the wheelchair out. I loved in the movie that the whole field of grass looks completely solid. Yeah. And she parks in the one spot. <laughs> that's like muddy. That's like muddy. <laughs> this looks good. Here, yeah, right? right here is, is, is fine. Yeah. And then they're going to the racetrack and they're having trouble like you know, getting in the area Mm -hmm. and then they want to get dinner afterwards. And the place that they go for dinner is like only for certain like fancy members and they won't let Will in. And everyone's really like tired and hungry and frustrated. And Lou is kind of causing a scene, like trying to get in there. And the person that is refusing them is basically like, well, you can go like down here. That's in a super inaccessible area and eat like street food, whatever. Um, and so it's just very like insulting to Will and to Lou as well. And it's very upsetting. And then, of course, they're struggling to get back to the car at the end as well because of the mud. Yes. In in the book, I think the movie cuts this part out. But like, yeah. he gets completely stuck in the mud in the book. 
and she has to go get like this drunk group of soldiers of like soldiers who are like on break or something yeah to come and help will out of the mud and she has to lie to them and say that he's like an ex-soldier oh my god in order to like get them like enthusiastic about helping him and i was like they would know immediately just by asking two questions because she's like oh he was a rifleman in the ninth <laughs> Uh, district. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. But they finally get out of there and back home. And Lou is obviously like upset, but she's trying to be like cheerful. And Will is just like, I can't believe you did this. Like, you didn't even ask me what I wanted to do. You just went ahead and did it. And yeah. I don't like horses. I don't like races. Like, I went along with it because you really wanted me to. And it was like a terrible experience. He's like, you would have known if you had asked me beforehand that I don't like horses. I would have told you I don't like the races. He's like, but you didn't ask me because you, like everyone else, think you know what's better for me. Yeah. You think you know what's best and I don't get a say. Yeah. And for me, I, like the whole plot line was really frustrating. Mostly yeah. just because like she had this renewed dedication to helping him and being involved. And I'm like, first of all, find out where accessible parking is. Yeah. Uh, at the stadium mm -hmm. so that like you're not struggling in the mud. Like yeah. that would be the basic first step you would do planning a trip like that. And she doesn't do it. Yeah. And just like everything else around her lack of planning was just ultra frustrating. But the end was a really great moment because like you're not you're so I, I was so frustrated by her lack of planning. Yeah. That when Will kind of drops that on her. It's like a little surprising, but very understandable. It is. And I think this shows how. And I mean, I have some sympathy for Lou because like she's never had to deal with this before. Sure. And as someone who isn't disabled, she's never had to think about these things. So I think this scene is really great because it shows how much more work and effort it is for disabled folks to do anything. Because like, you know, you need to call ahead and find out if like the entrances are accessible. If there's an yeah. elevator, if there's going to be seating, you know, if um, all kinds of different factors that most people don't even think about, you know, you're like, oh, I'm yeah. going to go to the movies and you don't think about it. But someone with a disability might have so many problems and concerns that they need to figure out ahead of time before they can even consider going. Yeah, very true. And and I do agree. I think this like episode uh, made sense for Lou and where she was at that point. You know, she's more enthusiastic than she is thoughtful and like prepared planned mm -hmm. so I, I do think it was very enlightening on all of that yeah but luckily they get another shot yes they go to a concert which in the book is will's idea in the movie Lou, it's lou's idea yeah he gets an invitation from an old friend who is in the uh orchestra mm -hmm. an invitation and she's like we should do this yeah and they go and it's a good experience and Lou is becoming more cultured because of Will's influence. Yeah, and we kind of found out that this book draws a lot from My Fair Lady. Yes. Which is interesting. Yeah, which is a story about, you know, a man basically making a woman his project. It's Pretty Woman, essentially, I believe. I haven't seen Pretty Woman. I haven't either. I'm just <laughs> almost certain that's the same story. But I've I read My Fair Lady, so I know that plot for sure. But um, the play. So but it, it does feel like Will and they like watch foreign a foreign film together, mm -hmm. which Lou's never seen that he's trying to like culture her. He lends her in the book 
all these books from like celebrated authors that he's trying to culture her. Yeah, and it's a little bit of a mixed bag. Like, I like that he's connecting with her and sharing things with her and that her horizons are expanding. But I would like it more if she was also sharing her tastes and interests with him. Yeah, and also that it wasn't like, oh, she's ignorant and she doesn't know what's good. She needs to learn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I would just like it better if she was just... Like finding out about these things. Yeah. Instead of being like, I don't really watch movies with subtitles and I don't read. Yeah. Reading and the internet are my sister's <laughs> thing. <laughs> That's her area of expertise. Yes. So uh, they do have this kind of bonding, you mm-hmm. know, continued bonding after the orchestra. Yeah. That is highlighted. Mm-hmm. Around this time, Will goes to Lou's family dinner. For her birthday. Yes. So he goes to her house, meets her family, and celebrates her birthday. And this is a really good scene. I I like this a lot. loved this scene. I thought this scene was so good because her parents, I love that her parents got to meet Will. Yeah. And they're really dumb and inconsiderate about a lot of things that Will is going through. Yeah. And they're still like a little ignorant, like talking to him about things. Yeah. But... But they're generally, like, really nice. Yeah. They're, like, really happy to, like, get to know him. And Will's very charming. He is. Yeah. And it's just, like, and, you like, Lou can tell her mom is just, like, taken by him and that she really likes him. Mm-hmm. And I just liked, it was a very pleasant, nice scene that yeah. I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And it shows us how dumb Patrick is in comparison. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's so dumb and I Oh, my I God. Probably one of the worst scenes, but also, like, best because it is highlighting this problem is when Patrick tries to give Will health advice. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm like a personal trainer. So I think there's like some like supplements or exercises you could do to like fix your disability. Yes. And I'm sure people who are disabled or suffer from any type of illness or chronic condition get this shit all the time. Look, as someone, I I can't even begin to compare what I go through to someone who is a quadriplegic, but like, I have a lot of bowel issues, as I said earlier. Uh, I don't have a colon, and so I go to the bathroom a lot during the day, and sometimes it's hard to regulate. And even with that, I get unwanted advice from people a lot, like coworkers and stuff. Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine what it would be like to be someone disabled in a wheelchair. A disability that you can see and that people notice It's very apparent, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, so I, I do think this did a really good job of, like, highlighting how oh people God, Patrick was the worst. probably talk to someone who's a quadriplegic, like, all the time. Yeah. So. <laughs> Luckily, he shut down pretty quickly. Yes. Um, but this is just, like, a nice scene. And you couldn't really tell the deepening bond between Lou and Will yeah. at this point. Um, and so he yeah. gives her the best gift. Yeah. Lou had these bumblebee tights when she was growing up. They were yellow and black. Yeah. And striped and she loved them and they were given away. Mm-hmm. And so Will's gift to her are a new pair of bumblebee tights. That, that he, he had, had handmade. Yeah. And I love it because he's rich. Yeah. But his gift wasn't anything extravagant. It was no. personal. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he was showing up Patrick in any way that's like, I bought her like a fancy bracelet or yeah, something. It was yeah. just like. It's this... something that you care about. Exactly. Yeah. And so I really loved that part too. And I loved how annoyed Patrick was. Yes. <laughs> and... Oh my God. In the book. Yeah. Patrick 
like has sex with her that night. Oh yeah. Oh my God. It was so weird. He's like, yeah, I really, really did it. Right. That was good. Huh? <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And it's almost like he was trying to like emphasize like, oh yeah, I can uh, have sex with you a lot because I'm not disabled. And I'm like, yeah, uh. there's a weird, cause like, I can't, I, I don't know what the message is, but like, I feel like there has to be a meaning behind the fact that Will is a quadriplegic and Patrick is a super exercise man. I know. It's a little too on the nose. Yeah. And I'm like, are you trying to say that because you can walk doesn't mean you're a good person? Because that's obvious. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't need to illustrate that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <to us. laughs> so like, I don't know what the message is specifically, but there's is definitely a contrast there. That's oh, yeah. Purposeful. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also will has a great line where as he's leaving, Patrick says something about like, it was great meeting you. Uh, I know Lou does a great job and I'm really proud of her. Yeah. And Will says something about like, yeah, she does give a good bed bath. <laughs> like, <laughs> he just says that like as he's, as he's leaving. <laughs> it was so funny. I loved it. <laughs> just twisting the knife a little bit. Yes. Switching gears to a more serious topic. We have something about Lou that happens and is talked about a lot in the book that is not present at all in the movie. No. And this is an incident that happened when Lou was like 19. And she talks about it where, you know, she was like one summer night, she and a bunch of her girlfriends like were drinking and smoking and were like hanging out with these boys um, from the bar. And they go into this maze. A hedge maze. Yeah, at the castle that like everyone knows and like they routinely go in and Lou kind of like passes out in there. And when she wakes up, like her friends are gone and it's just her and these men. And it's not gone into detail specifically, but it's basically implied that she was sexually assaulted or gang raped. Yeah. And man, this was like really heavy And I didn't quite know how to feel about this. I'm not sure it was explored with the depth that it should have been. Um, Lou kind of explains this as the reason that she's living an ordinary life. Yeah, that after that, she kind of, it like kind of muted her in a way where she didn't want to, she didn't have ambitions to do things. She was kind of traumatized by this. Yeah. And... It also says, like, that's why she started dressing the way that she did, didn't it? Yeah. Which, I don't know if that makes... I, I don't... I didn't quite I don't get think that. It, I don't think... I think she was just more modest after that. I don't think I, it okay. changed her fashion. Okay. I, okay. Yeah. But... And we do see her dealing with this night, and she ends up talking to Will about it. And, you know, he says, like, you don't have to let that define you. You know, he's very supportive. Yeah. And... It's good. It's a good moment between them. But again, I don't really feel like Lou really deals with what happened to her. No. And I don't think we really see what would have really happened to someone who had gone through something of that caliber. Yeah. The fact that the book goes on quite a ways before it's ever alluded to or comes up in her memory Mm -hmm. is a little strange to me. 
Like, it's just one chapter. The chapter starts with, like, an allusion to this event where you're kind of like, what happened? You're not sure. Yeah. And then, like, a little later on, you get, like, the more specific, like, still not specific, but you are for, you certainly know what happened. Yeah. And I don't know, like, they're, her telling him about it is brought up later. And what he says to her about you don't have to let that define you, like, yeah. that's kind of brought up, but... I don't know. It just felt like something of an afterthought. It felt like a way to deepen Lou's character. Yeah. And maybe explain part of why she's kind of ordinary or wanting to settle. Um, But I think when you're dealing with something as horrific and traumatizing and like deep seated as a sexual assault and, you know, I'm not trying to say some sexual assaults are worse than others because they are all terrible, but to be in a situation with like multiple perpetrators, yeah, um, in like a hedge maze, like yeah, it was like really it's very dark. horror, dark. It's very upsetting. Yeah, I was upset reading it. Yeah, I just don't think it was handled with the depth that it should have. I, I agree. Like the kind of trauma you'd experience from that wouldn't just be like, and then I never wanted to leave my town. Yeah. Like you'd be experiencing a lot more than that, I think. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like the scene where she has a flashback to it in the hedge maze and like her kind of having a panic attack. Like all that was was handled well, Mm -hmm. but it's just like beyond this, beyond that moment. I wish it was. Beyond this scene. Beyond that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Where does it come into play? Exactly. Yeah. So I, totally get why the movie left this part out yeah it would change the tone of the movie a lot it sure would yeah absolutely well and it changes the tone of the book a lot in a lot of ways too yeah um not that you know will's struggles aren't serious yeah in a way Mm -hmm. but it's still relatively around the framework of like this kind of romantic yeah and it's loose perspective, so. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then that scene was so horrorish, and it was like, wow, this was very jarring yeah. in a lot of ways. So mm-hmm. I, I think it could have been handled with more finesse. Yeah. Uh, also, in the book, we have, like, multiple perspectives that are interjected throughout Will or throughout Lou's perspective. Yeah. So it starts out, like, with a random chapter from Will's mom's perspective. That's right, yeah. And then we get one from Nathan's point of view, the nurse. We get one from Will's dad. Will's dad. We get one from Louise's sister, Trina. Everyone but Will. We get in the beginning, it's from his perspective, the prologue. I I guess. But like But that's, that's before his accident. Exactly. So we have no insight into what he's feeling. No. Yeah. So that's another kind Everyone of Everyone else has a say. Everyone else, we get their like mm-hmm. thoughts and perspectives and stuff. But the person who is going through the most. Honestly, I hated almost everyone's perspective. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nathan's was fine. Nathan's was fine. Trina, uh, Trina's. her sister. Jesus Christ. God, what a terrible character. <laughs> she sucks so much. Yeah. I can't stand her. Like, oh she God. does have moments yeah. where she's good, mm-hmm. but she's really selfish. She's so selfish. She's like, I want to go back to school. I need financial support, so yeah. you have to keep this job. I have this son. I need this room. Oh, my God. Her and Louisa arguing about who gets the room Yeah, was, like, so petty and dumb. It was so 
hellish to me to imagine like because it's like suddenly you're a child again arguing about who gets what room and I'm like, I know. oh my god like it just made me like break out in a sweat thinking about it yeah it was not good and then like will's parents are also like fucked up in their own ways yeah will's dad is having an affair and basically is like yeah, I was going to leave the family and like go off with my mistress, but then Will got in this accident and now I can't leave the family. And if he dies, I could like be free. Yeah. And I'm like, you ass. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of complicated emotions, I'm sure, surrounding oh, yeah. someone who's in the family of someone who has a disability like that. One of them even possibly being like just acknowledging like oh if they weren't in my life anymore i'd have more freedom but like for it to only be like a fleeting chapter in a book yeah it just comes across as like callous and terrible I and know. like i'm like, like you this is such a jerk move yeah like, why uh yeah it just does not make him more like that could potentially be an interesting plot point but, like, he's just such a minor character yeah. that it's, like, why? Mm -hmm. It's just, like, to give more drama to the scenes? Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's pretty much everyone I wanted to mention. But just Trina, especially. Yeah. Like, I don't get what her character brings to the story. Like, she's sometimes supportive, but then other times not. Yeah. And I'm just, like, I can't quite pinpoint what your role is to the plot and to and to lose growth as a character. In the movie, she's more of a straight, like, supportive, like, someone for Lou to talk through some yeah. of this stuff with. And she does, you know, serve that in the book as well. But, yeah, she's very oppositional as well. Yeah, she's sometimes an obstacle, sometimes an ally, and, like, never really consistently either one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, talk about the wedding. The wedding. They go to a wedding and they have a great time. Yes. Moving on. Anyway. <laughs> um, no, it's another good scene. Yeah. Will's actually going to the wedding of his ex-girlfriend and she is marrying one of his business partners or co-workers. He's a really good friend. Yeah. And so it's sort of like a betrayal because they were together. Yeah. And then, you know, Will had his accident and you get snippets, at least in the book, of the fact that Alicia, his girlfriend at the time, really tried to like be with him. Yeah. And wanted to stay with him and support him, but he was just so miserable that he pushed her away. Yeah. Um, and now she's with his, like, friend, and they're getting married. Also, in the movie, they look like exactly like Ivanka and Jared Kushner. Yeah, almost exactly. It's really weird. It was, like, I was, at first I was like, oh, she's got major Ivanka Trump vibes. Yeah. And then you were like, oh my God, he looks just like Jared Kushner. I'm like, holy shit. It's really creepy. <laughs> it is. It was super, like, ugh. Although, I was kind of, like, disappointed a little bit that the book and movie sort of, like, villainize Alicia. Yeah. Like, she clearly did try to be with Will. Oh, yeah. He didn't want her around. And now he's pissed that she's marrying someone else. Yeah. And they're like, she made a mistake and she'll regret it. And I'm like, I mean, she did her best, but like, yeah, you can't force someone to love you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, we could maybe use yeah. a little more sympathy for her at least. You're like not villainizing her. Yeah. But like Will and Lou get drunk at this wedding. Yeah. They have a great time together. It feels like they're really bonding and it really feels like they're falling in love as well. Yeah. We get one 
The only shot or like movie technique, I'll say in the in the film that I actually liked and appreciated. Yeah. Because for the most part, this movie is very like cookie cutter. Yeah. Cinematography, lighting, coloring, like all that's just like it's fine. It is what it is. Yeah. We get some bad green screen like window shots. Yeah. Uh, but we get one shot where she sits on his lap and they're like, um, like dancing. Like uh-huh. he's just kind of like moving his wheelchair through the dance floor. And the camera is mounted on the wheelchair. Yeah. So it's this real stationary shot of them mm-hmm. while the background's moving. And I actually really loved that shot. Yeah. I thought it was, it was like sweet. it was like really well done. It was mm-hmm. like an intimate shot and it kind of gave it a unique quality. And that was like, was like, okay, I like that. Like that's the one point it got for me, like the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Um and then Lou and Patrick break up. <laughs> yeah. No one is surprised. She dumps his ass. Actually, I'm surprised it took this long in the story for them to break up. But yeah, uh, and I I did think it was interesting, though, the way they did it. I I won't even say if I like it or not, because I couldn't quite decide. But in the book, they're living together at this point, not in the movie. But they have she comes home and he's prepared dinner for her Mm -hmm. and they sit down and he's like, listen, I'm sorry if I've been unavailable lately, I'm sorry that I've been so wrapped up yeah. in my marathon running and like all this other stuff that I haven't had time for you. Yeah. And it seems sincere. It's not like he's just worried about losing her to no. Will. Like he's like jealous. It really does feel sincere. And I remember watching the movie because I saw at this point I was watching the movie before I'd read this part in the book. I was like, wow, maybe they're going to redeem Patrick. And yeah. like, maybe he'll actually stick around. But then he discovers this vacation that she's planned Mm -hmm. for her and Will. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck is this? Like, you're going to get massages? You're going to like, you're on a honeymoon. Yeah. And he gets real pissed about it. They have a fight and they break up. Mm -hmm. And I did think it was interesting. And he kind of has a point to an extent. Yeah. Mostly the fact that she hasn't really been open and honest about what her job has become and like what her role is. And and she has told him about Will going to kill himself. Yeah. But for the most part, she's still kind of been like hiding a lot of details from him. So I did think it was interesting that like they kind of gave him this redeeming moment and a real reason to be upset. And then they immediately like <laughs> moved. They're like redeeming. And then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I wasn't sure how I felt about it, but I'm like, at least. I thought it was interesting that they didn't just make him a huge dickhead at the end just yeah. as a reason for her to leave. Yeah. Like, I liked that it was a little more dramatic in terms of, oh, he's trying now. But at this point, you also know it's not going to happen. Yeah. Lou is planning this vacation that she wants to take Will on to give him, like, one last, like, great trip. It's, like, almost her last chance to convince him because the months are ticking by. And she is planning this super elaborate and intricate trip to California in the book where it's specifically like a resort for people with disabilities. I think specifically um, quadriplegics. Yeah. So you can like skydive. There's like all this assistive activity and equipment that you can use. And Lou is getting really involved too in the online um, quadriplegic community. Yeah, she's on like message boards and forums talking to not only other quadriplegics, but like caretakers of quadriplegics. Yeah. And understanding, you know, what she can do, like what is actually available out there. What are the limitations? Just getting to know what it's like. And I really like this 
My problem with this mm-hmm. is that Will is not involved in this at all. Yeah, and we you found one really good review on this movie that specifically pinpoints this problem. Yeah. Because it's, it's a dual problem of Will is depressed, obviously. Yeah. And he is not receiving any kind of psychological help. No. And on top of that, he's not involved in any kind of community of people in similar situations yeah. that he can bond with or like learn from relate to and so obviously he feels isolated yeah and the fact that like his parents haven't done much in this way to help him and if they have it's not mentioned no like obviously we know he's being difficult and like doesn't want people around yeah but it's like he's depressed and he tried to kill himself like you have to yeah and there's no mention made of psychiatric evaluation no like why don't they have a psychiatrist or a therapist or someone coming in to see will to talk to him because obviously you know he's suicidal Mm -hmm. um why haven't they explored options beyond well he's either gonna try to kill himself again or we have to let him die we have to put all of our cards in the hands of this woman this regular woman to just convince him has no training in like Mm -hmm. psychological health or people with disabilities or anything like that. No. She's it's, our only chance. It's all up to her. Yeah. And like, can you imagine this story if Will got to know other folks that were quadriplegics? Yeah. Like, what could they talk about? They could talk about, oh, yeah, you know, this thing. Or have you tried this technology that's new, that's like really adaptive and like all of these things. And also just understanding that. There are so many people out there that have disabilities like mine and that are living their lives in the best way they can. You know, they're happy. They have family. They have loved ones. They have things that they care about, things that they enjoy. And they are out there like living. Seeing a future and understanding because Will is so caught up in the fact that this isn't the life I had. Yeah. He can't possibly imagine what his life could be. Yeah. And... Yeah, and so even though, and it's, oh, God, it's even so frustrating, too. It shouldn't be up to Lou to do this. No. Like, this shouldn't be her responsibility. She's only one person, and one person can't make life worth living for someone. You know what I mean? And that's what goes back to, like, one person can't be your everything. Like, true love is important, but also, like, that can't be the only thing you care about in your life. You have to have more things that you care about. You have to have other people in your life that support you. And Will doesn't have any of that. No, and I, I've read a lot that, like, people, especially people with disabilities, really need strong community foundations yeah. of not only just supportive people without disabilities, but also other people with disabilities that you can connect with and yeah, learn from and understand, will understand from. Because people without disabilities, fundamentally, there's going to be some things that you can't understand, no matter how hard no, you try. Absolutely. Like, I, I remember reading about uh, Jojo Moyes or Moyes. Mm-hmm. And when she was writing this, she talked about like imagining how she would feel if she was a quadriplegic and like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah. We can all imagine what it would be like 
to be a quadriplegic like at first yeah you know and like how difficult it would be and frustrating it would be Mm -hmm. but like none of us can imagine what that would look like a few years in yeah a few years down the line like after you've had time to adapt and adjust and like yeah obviously there are still people that struggle and are unhappy yeah but like there's also plenty of people without disabilities who struggle and are unhappy and like are like depressed like yeah you know so it's just like really frustrating that that was her perspective and that's what will's character seems to be the entire time is like how we'd imagine we would feel yeah if we were uh, a quadriplegic yeah. As opposed to what it's actually like. Yeah. Or what it could be mm-hmm. or how other people live their lives. It's yeah. just a very limited perspective. It is. That seems for the non-disabled. And it kind of shows that I'm not sure the research that the author did for this. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like she talked to a lot of disabled folks. We tried um, to find, because I was especially curious about that like yeah. earlier when I was talking about like the lack of detail in certain areas i was like did she do research like how much like did she do research and she's just censoring parts because she doesn't want the book to be that and i tried finding it out and the only thing i could get was that she had a relative who needed 24-hour nurse assistance that was like the most detail she got about it Mm -hmm. but she also said i knew nothing about quadriplegics so obviously that isn't someone who is a quadriplegic a quadriplegic yeah and I think you read something that she didn't maybe do a lot of research, possibly. Yeah, I couldn't find much about it either. Yeah, there's just a big lack of any specifics on it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so. Lou plans this whole vacation and they're all set to go, but then Will gets pneumonia. And it's pretty severe. And we're led to believe that this has happened kind of frequently and this might be common for folks that are quadriplegics. And it's at this point that it's also sort of implied to us that Will is getting worse somehow. Yeah. Another thing that is not specific or explained. Yeah. Like he's just like his life is just going to keep getting like more sick or limited. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, how does that work? What's it mean to be getting worse? Like, is he going to have less and less function? Like, I mean, he only has limited one hand function so i'd like yeah. is that gonna go is he just gonna be hospitalized much more frequently again it's not explained it's just a general like oh yeah things are just not good and probably won't be in the future and we're like okay yeah it just adds this like ticking clock element that is like what yeah but uh, they go on a new vacation yeah one that is different because they can't do the same thing so they decide to go to a beach <laughs> and yep and it's just like they just they just relax. They just relax. Yeah. And it's nice. But I was like, why couldn't they in the book, at least I was like, why couldn't they still have gone to that quadriplegic camp? Yeah. And he could have met people like they don't have to do skydiving. No. But I'm like, there's relaxing things she talked about, like massages. And, yeah. And he would get to meet other people yeah. in that community. I think it was just a way for her not to do that. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, why didn't they still do that? And she's like, well, that's too much now. So let's just fly to like a remote island. Yeah. And just lay on the beach. So that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And they continue to bond and connect. Yes. Um, we get a scene in the movie where there's a thunderstorm and Will asks Lou to stay and not go to her room. Yes. And they kiss. 
And then we go to the next day. So, of course, Ian and I are like, did they bang? The big question in a tragic story, did they bang? Yes. Before the end. And it's unclear. It's unclear. In the movie. In the movie. Yeah. Which is very frustrating. I know. I would like to believe that they did. I always want to believe that they did (laughs) because I always want people to get like that one last bang. Yeah. You know? You always want that. Well, it'd be their first bang too. Yeah. The first and last bang. Yeah. We can only hope that they did. (laughs) Yes. In the book, we know for certain that they didn't. Yes. Which is annoying. I know. Probably because Jojo didn't want to like have to explain anything. (laughs) Which you can have sex when you're disabled and- People do all the time. And Lou is also like, we can do this. Yeah. And he's just like, I can't like, and this is where this is the big confrontation. Yeah. Where they discuss, basically it's brought to the forefront. Lou's like, I know your plan. I know you want to go to Switzerland. Yeah. I know all about it. But I love you. But I love you and you don't have to do this and I don't want you to do this. Yeah. And Will is just essentially like, this isn't the life I wanted. It's not the life I had. And I'm still going to do it. Yeah. There's some portions that I'd like to read specifically from the book. Um, so he says, the thing is, I get that this could be a good life. I get that with you around, perhaps it could even be a very good life. But it's not my life. I am not the same as these people you speak to. It's nothing like the life I want, not even close. And then Lou says, you told me that night in the maze didn't have to be the thing that defined me. You said I could choose what it was that defined me. Well, you don't have to let that chair define you. And then he goes on to say, it does define me, Clark. You don't know me, not really. You never saw me before this thing. I loved my life, Clark. Really loved it. I love my job, my travels, the things I was. I loved being a physical person. I liked riding my motorbike, hurling myself off great heights. I liked crushing people in business deals. <laughs> I liked having sex, lots of sex. I led a big life. I am not designed to exist in this thing, and yet for all intents and purposes, it is now the thing that defines me. It is the only thing that defines me. So one thing I really want to draw attention to is him saying, I am not the same as these people you speak to. And he's referring to the quadriplegics that Lou has been in contact with. Yeah. Because she's telling him, like, I've read things, like, we can still have sex, like, we can have a life together. And he's like, I'm nothing like them. Yeah. Which is, like, implying that because he lived a big life and he's a physical person and he expected more out of life, I'm saying this in quotes, Yeah. that he's, like, better than people that accept that they have a disability and like choose to adapt to that, which is not only insulting people who have a disability and choose to like live their life to the best of their ability after that. Um, but also just kind of implying that he's somehow like different and better and more like noble. I don't know. Well, and that those are the only things that matter in your life or yeah. the most important things. Sex, like, riding right, a motorbike, jumping off, jumping off cliffs, which crushing we, people in business deals. <laughs> I'm sorry. I laughed at that part. It it's, is so dumb. It's so dumb because like this book continues a trend of 
what I call vague businessman <laughs> who business, just business, talks business. about <laughs> meetings and deals and accounts with like no clarification on like what he does. This book yeah. explains a little bit, but yeah, yeah, it's just like, yeah, he, he talks about all these things that are outside of like relationships and companionship and love. Yeah. And he's just like, those are the things that mattered to me. And that's all that matters. Yeah. And I mean, on the other hand, also acknowledging that like that week he was there with Lou was like the best week he's had. Yeah. Like almost ever. Mm-hmm. And that he loves her and he knows it could be a good life. Like he's so contradictory. Yeah. It, it's just it's so weird. Like I, I just don't think just him saying like, I'm not like those people. I don't like he looks down on other quadriplegics. Yeah. I just don't think. The author understood his character, honestly. No. Like, she was trying to balance this idea that, like, he loves her and loved this time. Like, of course, it can't be that, like, he hated everything. He has to love everything. But also, he has to be, like... It's not good enough It's not good enough. And it completely contradicts his sentiment about her living her life to the fullest. Yeah. The whole book he's telling her like, you need to be better. Don't settle, like live your life to the fullest. Live boldly. Live. That's like the tagline for the movie too, is live Live boldly. boldly. And he can't do the same. No. And that's tragic. And like, it's frustrating because I, I, I don't, it's so hard to explain. Like, the book just wants its cake and to eat it too. Yeah. Where, I feel like I use that expression a lot, but like, where he's dedicated to this path that he can't turn away from. Yeah. And he gives Lou advice that she's inspired by. Yeah. While meanwhile, he's demonstrating the exact opposite yeah. of that life. And it's like never really addressed yeah and he like implies that like she can do that because she's not in a wheelchair yeah that is so arbitrary well in his job like he could go back to work yeah potentially like yeah he was just a businessman with accounts i know crushing people (laughs) accounts (laughs) (laughs) i know like he can still have a fulfilling life yeah I, i don't know it's just the whole story builds up this idea that he's going to find love again, find purpose, find new purpose, purpose, like rediscover, like not his old life, but a new life yeah. that is good. And it just fucking throws it all away mm-hmm. without even trying to really justify it. He's just still stubborn and hasn't learned a thing. Yeah. And I'm like, why, how can I be expected to care about this person who like, is just so, I don't know. I mean, again, we have a story that's being told from someone who doesn't know anything about the community and also from the perspective of Lou instead of it being about Will. This is not a story about Will. Uh, This is a story about Lou. It is. And it's about her journey of self-actualization, you know, realizing she wants to go back to school, realizing she can have more out of life, realizing she shouldn't settle. And it's about... Him, it's about Will helping her along in this journey, and it's about her. But it's like when you use marginalized and disadvantaged communities to like further a straight, white, able bodied 
narrative, it's very problematic. Yeah. Because you're using someone else to like prop up your story. And and this story, I think, is especially guilty of that, especially in this moment where it really drives home the fact that like this isn't about him. No. He hasn't experienced anything. Or changed. Or changed or grown. No. He hasn't. And that leaves like, well, I guess it's only about Lou then. Yeah. And that's just really upsetting to it me. It is. Yeah. And they're basically saying like, it doesn't really matter what Will's story is. No. It's about Lou. Exactly. And he does to go to Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Lou eventually, she struggles with this decision, but eventually decides to go and to meet him there and to support him. Yeah. And they have this emotional scene where she gets to say goodbye. Yeah. Um, And it's very sad and it's very touching. And I think... The overall message of like Lou supporting him is good. Yeah, she's like, it's very obvious that like nothing's going to change his mind. Yeah. And she's like, the most I can do for him, like I care about him. So like I can be there for him. And it's like, yeah, you know, at that point, it's like, I guess the best course of action for her. But, you know, he dies. And then we get this epilogue. The oh, man. The cherry on top of this problematic Sunday. Where he tells her to go to Paris and he gives her an envelope and he's like, only open it when you're in Paris and at this cafe with like coffee and a croissant. (laughs) (laughs) The description of Paris in the book, I don't want to sidetrack. Yeah. The description of Paris in the book is so insanely generic of like there's a guy with baguettes sticking out oh, of his yeah. like we bicycle basket. We should ask Marion what she thinks about this. Oh my god we should. I would love <laughs> yeah. Marion please tell us is this what Paris is like? <laughs> Does everyone have baguettes? In their bicycle. <laughs> In their bicycle. She's like eating a whole plate of croissants like it's not just one it's like a plate Yeah. and there's like she smells cigarettes in the air and I'm just like <laughs> It's like she, it's 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 like Jojo's whole Paris influence was like she went to Panera Bread and <laughs> saw one of those generic paintings yeah. of France and was like that looks right. Yeah. <laughs> but then she opens the letter and it's a bunch of bullshit about Will being like, oh, you know, live boldly and blah blah blah. But then he left her money. Yeah. Which let me just tell you <laughs> to kill off your disabled character and then have that disabled character end up like giving all his money to the not disabled person that's like the main character like she's benefiting actively benefiting from his death and i'm like this feels like a problem <laughs> and the book goes so far out of its way to justify this that they give you like the legal investigation document yeah determining that she didn't like support his suicide. Yeah, this and, wasn't someone like coming in to like take advantage of a vulnerable, you know, disabled person and then getting them to like sign away all their money and then like somehow murdering them. Yeah. They were like it's it's cool. It's cool. She didn't want this to happen. Yeah, it's just the fact that Louisa now has the money to live like a more comfortable life through the vehicle of Will a disabled person deciding that his life is better if he's dead. Yeah. It's just, it's upsetting. And I want to kind of transition into now that we're at the end, the disabled community's response to this. Yeah. And I, I mean, there's always going to be people who have different opinions, but 
From what I've read, the overall majority of disabled folks have huge problems with both the book and the movie. Specifically, well, the, the, uh, an amazing hashtag started that was hashtag me before euthanasia. Yeah. Which I mean... Is just so And they were also clever. using the hashtag because the hashtag for the movie was live boldly. Oh, yeah. And they were using it. They're like live boldly to show their lives that they're the happy and f- fulfilled and rich lives that they have throughout their disability. And and this isn't like a one time thing. The story of um, people with disabilities choosing to die yeah. in films is pretty common is somewhat. Uh, yeah. Like. I know I've seen, I think, at least two movies that have done this. I won't name them because like, I don't want to spoil things. But yeah. uh, it, it definitely happens. And it just perpetuates this idea that... Disabled life isn't worth living. It isn't worth living. And also, specifically for this story, Will is basically saying, like, instead of, I will only suck your time and your love and money. Yeah. Like, I'm only going to be a black hole for those things. And I'm better off not being around so that you can have the money and you can do things that are like, quote unquote, you'll like be free. worthwhile and yeah. you'll be free. Mm-hmm. And he just like is not treating himself as a human being. No. And therefore the book doesn't really treat him as a human being. Yeah. And it's like if there were more stories from disabled perspectives and about people with disabilities, you know, an occasional story about someone who decided to end their life mm-hmm. would not be so bad. But when this is all you have, it yeah. really sends the message to folks who don't understand disability or might not have experience with that, that once you're disabled, like you might as well kill yourself because life is just going to be miserable. Well, and so many people have that perspective. Like yeah. coworkers have told me that they're like, oh, if I like couldn't walk or something like I would just want to kill myself. You're like, how can you say that? Yeah, it's just so. And like, I understand that. It's it, something you can't comprehend. You can't. Yeah, you can't comprehend how you would move on from something like that. But it's also just so limited to think that way and to say things like that. Yeah. And it and just, I mean, think about if it was like someone you loved, you know what I mean? Would you say that? Would you want someone you loved to yeah. end their life if they had a disability? You know what I mean? It's just like, it's so narrow and it's just frustrating. And the thing that we also have to acknowledge is that the author based this story loosely off a real story about yeah. a rugby player who after an incident, I think in a game, was a quadriplegic. Yeah. And he chose to fly to Switzerland and end his life with the help of his parents. And it was like a big news story and that the author had read about. And she talked about like she was very critical of the parents Mm -hmm. and then but also had to think like, well, what would it be like to be in that situation? And that's like where the story came from. Yeah. And, you know, the origin of stories is like, wherever they come from is where they come from. Yeah. But the fact that she was so committed to that ending is what's so frustrating. And it's like, I get that this is something that can happen and that people. And it does happen. Yeah. Disabled, like want to end their life and try to, in some cases, but like, is that the story worth telling? Like, is that what we need right now is like that specific story Mm -hmm. when we've gotten it before and there aren't enough stories about people with disabilities like that are just living their life yeah Yeah. and are positive Mm -hmm. and like aren't 
solely about the disability. It's like, why? Like, and even this story wouldn't get the, it's because of how it ends. If the story was just, he was going to kill himself and was really upset about his life. And then at the end, things turned around and he was in love and he's like, you know what? I want to try to live this life. Yeah. People probably would have been like, you know, it's problematic, yeah. But it's like, it is a romantic story and it is hopeful. Yeah, overall it's a hopeful story and it features someone with a disability and it's something that, you know, you don't see a lot of in books and in films. So it's great to have that. And But now you get something that's like, oh, and then he killed himself because it's not worth it to be disabled. Yeah. And I really do like the love story between Will and Lou. Like, I really do. I like this story. But when you have actual people with disabilities saying how harmful it is and how upsetting it is for them to see this. I mean, you have to take that into perspective. I do think authors and storytellers, I do think there's a responsibility there that if you are incorporating characters from a marginalized community to do it sensitively with research and like thought and like discussion in that community, like, I'm not saying like, oh, you have to be from that community to write about it. Yeah. But like you do have to be very sensitive and thoughtful about it. And you know what? All the backlash that this story has gotten. I'm like, yeah, you know, I I, I I get it. I totally understand. I would I would be upset. I I am upset and I'm not even like someone who has a disability. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just ultimately the way it chooses to end. And the fact that the story sets up a happy ending, but the author is just so committed to this like dramatic tearjerker ending is just the most frustrating part. It is. So which one's better? Oh my God. (laughs) Let's bring it back. This is hard. I actually don't, I haven't thought about it. You know, I think I'm going to say the book. Yeah. Because... And I mean, I did like the movie in some ways. Emilia Clarke was pretty decent, you know, so was Sam Claflin. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It just didn't seem like super well made. It didn't. And there was like so many weird like music montages that were like really dumb. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even get to talk about the music. <laughs> I know. It was just like really like jarring yeah. music. And I don't know. The book at least has a lot more nuance with the characters that I didn't always agree with, but I found interesting at least. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's like they both end terribly and at least the book is enlightening or thought provoking in some ways before the ending. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll say the same thing because I don't even think honestly, Amelia Clark was that good in this movie. Her (laughs) facial expressions at everything were yeah. so exaggerated that I was just like, are you in a different movie right now? Cause like her eyebrow acting. And we know she's a good actress. Yeah. So it's oh. like, what is happening in this movie? Yeah. I just, she was like a lot the entire time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll also say the book. All right. Book, book. but it's a very hesitant book. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do lightning round. Lightning. So not a super fun thing for lightning round, but in the book, <laughs> Lou's dad is an asshole and he's constantly calling her fat. Yeah. Like, 
a lot and is always like, oh, you need to get fit. Oh, what, what did you say the line was? Uh, someone said she had the gift of gab and he said you have the gift of flab. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I know. He's like such a jerk. But then he gets like really weirdly supportive at the end. Yeah. And it's weird. And they're always also <laughs> talking about how Katrina is the smart sister and Lou is dumb. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like. Katrina also like got pregnant in college, which like can happen, but it's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I certainly wouldn't like still have her so highly elevated above. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) um, I wanted to mention when they're on vacation, Nathan goes along the nurse. Yeah. Uh, and the first time I saw this was in the movie and it was great because he just starts hanging around this like really attractive woman. Yeah. And it's like, is she just by herself on vacation? But (laughs) Then he's just like, I'm going to escort her back to her place just real quick. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I'm Nathan like, getting Nathan's some. Nathan's getting some. I was mm-hmm. like super happy about Because I'm like, he's just a good, yeah. supportive guy. Yeah. He deserves to get some. Mm-hmm. Also, in the movie, there's this super weird, like, handmade video that was, like, made during, yes. before Will's accident. And is like, Will, here he is, like, skiing and skydiving and like being in a sauna and like doing all these things it's like a birthday video yeah but it's framed like a bond almost like he's a bond character yeah yeah i'm like what a weird way to like convey that side yeah and be like this is what his life used to be like and i'm like this is really weird it's like that jared kushner motherfucker like doing the like it's like narration. New, it's like a news program, but also a Bond film. It's yeah, very weird. It's upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last thing I wanted to mention was like sometimes Jojo Moyes or Moyes um, doesn't have the most considerate language in her book. Mm. And there were just a couple lines that stuck out to me. One was um, Lou is thinking. Some days I felt crippled by my inability to think of new ideas. I'm like, come on. Poor choice of words. Jojo. And then the other one was when they were on vacation, she said, Will was the picture of stillness. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, wow. Yeah. Like, uh, it just like lines that I just don't think she thought when she wrote. She did not think that through. So that's lightning round. That's lightning round. Thank you so much for listening. And again, shout out to Marion for requesting this episode. It was a lot to talk about. Really great. Um, I really appreciated this chance oh, to I talk loved, about this topic. Yeah, I love getting to do this book and movie. Yeah. Uh, I hope she liked the episode. Yeah. Even if our opinions differ. And like we always say, if you like a thing. You like it. You like it. That's great. Yeah. And please reach out to us if you have any other suggestions or thoughts on this episode. You can contact us through email at covertocreditspod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, cover two credits with the number two. And then we're also on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're uh, on Patreon. Yeah. And uh, uh, you can support us on Patreon if you'd like, or you can just check out the content that we have. We do have content for everyone that you can access. And we do have content only for our patrons as well, which is exciting. We have been posting our monthly schedules on the first of the month. So we're listing all the episodes we're going to do that month. And then we also have bonus episodes for our patrons as well. Where if uh, a book we cover has more than one adaptation, we'll talk about the other adaptation in the bonus episode. Yeah. That's only for patrons. Exactly. And then, of course, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, uh, please just give us a star rating because that 
a lot of people just find us on Apple that platform yeah. on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and so the more you help us um, get you know, notice the more people that can listen and hopefully the better content as well. Absolutely. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.